You're listening to the Library Pros Podcast with Chris and Bob, a techie librarian and a computer IT guy discussing libraries, technology, and all things this side of the reference desk. Thanks, Carl. Hi, and welcome to episode 88 of the Library Pros Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Bob. And today we are coming to you remotely from the booth at the Sachem Public Library in Holbrook, New York, and the Emma S. Clark Memorial Library in Setauket, New York. Library Pros Podcast is a bi-monthly podcast, so please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. And please check us out on Twitter, at The Library Pros, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Library Pros. Consider leaving a review or tell someone about us because word of mouth is the best way to help our podcast listenership grow. Today joining us is Elisa Lee, creative director and business owner of Unstacked, a Sydney-based interaction designer and visual communicator passionate about storytelling and inspiring conversation by creating new ways of generating and experiencing data. Lisa is joining us today from Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, and she's going to talk to us about Unstacked, Curated by the People, an innovative Australian visualization project which showcases collections and institutions in real time through the eyes of the people who use them. So before we get into this innovative idea, let's have a chat with Elisa. Thanks for coming to speak with us today. And again, we owe your appearance to the one and only Rob Thompson, State Manager, New South Wales for ALIA, the Australian Library and Information Association. There's your plug, Rob. I'm sure he's jumping up and down right now and drinking his Guinness because he's loving it. (laughs) So tell us how you found your way into the library slash archiving world. Well, I've always been passionate about fostering real world social interaction through visual communication and interaction design. And before Libraryland, I was working on projects ranging from visualising shark tracking data to crowdsource karaoke installations. And I first had the pleasure of working with libraries through the University of Technology Sydney Library Creative in Residence Programme where the opportunity came up to be an artist in residence, along with Adam Hinshaw, who's a very creative um, creative technologist. So Mal Booth, who was a university librarian at the time, he liked having creatives come in and question the way they did things at the library and to bring fresh perspectives. And at the time, the library was moving a small percentage of their collection to an underground robotic um, storage system called the library retrieval system. And there was some concern that by storing things in this system, they would be made redundant. And there were even some who were questioning the relevance of the library now that, in inverted commas, everything was digital and accessible on the internet. And we were tasked with investigating um, in a playful and informative way if and how that system was being used. And I just love being in the library space so much. I haven't looked back since. So you seem to really have a passion for archivism. Can you tell us about one project that you worked on that was really near and dear to your heart? Sure. Well, the first development of Unstacked happened after UTS Library when we became the inaugural DX Lab Fellows at the State Library of New South Wales. And as part of this, we had the opportunity to wander through the physical stacks of the library. And it was just incredible. You could spend a lifetime down there. There was everything from locks of hair to miniature portraits to magic collections. And, you know, the collection was amazing, but um, the librarians 
had such interesting and entertaining stories to tell. And it was a real privilege to work with Paul Bray. So we're going to jump into Unstacked in our next segment. And we're excited to really speak to you about it because in our conversation we had before, Elisa, it, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And I showed it to people and they're just blown away by it. But first, tell us why you're passionate about data and why is data so important? Well, raw data in itself doesn't necessarily communicate much. But when it's interpreted and presented in an effective way, it can help us understand what's happening or not happening by making visible things which might otherwise be hidden. And when you're working with data generated in real time, there's a real buzz as you know that this is happening right now. And that data might have always been there, but you just couldn't see it or interpret it. So it's so interesting. I mean, and data can be, sounds so boring in its, when you just say data, when you're able to interpret it and read the tea leaves, as it were, it really is something that can really be interesting to, to farm out and, and, and figure out how it's going, how you're doing what you're doing and how you can do things better, or maybe you're doing things right. So we're going to take a short break, and when we return, we are going to chat with Elisa about collection databases, uh, the information they contain, and how they came to life with Unstacked. So we'll be right back. Hi, it's Chris from the Library Pros, and I want to tell you about the book Best Technologies for Public Libraries, Policies, Programs, and Services. I, along with Nick Tanzi and James Hutter, both amazing technology librarians and previous guests on this podcast, co-authored the endeavor. If you're interested in bringing 3D printing, augmented reality, virtual reality, or drone flying to your library, this book has what you need. It's a roadmap to successfully implementing this technology because we cover purchasing, developing effective policy, finding the right software, and have model programs and services already designed to make planning programs easier. You can find the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy books or ebooks. I hope you'll check it out. And welcome back. So we're back with Elisa Lee. I think that if anyone went to college or university, going all the way back to the early 90s, then they're familiar in one way, shape, or form with databases. And I think we can all agree that they are now the main resource of research, regardless of database that you're using. And if you're thinking way back to the old days, you're talking about indexes as opposed to databases. And then I think it was InfoTrack, which are CD-ROMs, and they just evolved from there. Can you tell us about the data that's gathered by the libraries from those databases? Sure. So for Unstacked, we work with the management systems that the library already uses and we work with the metadata that they contain. Um, some of this metadata is public facing and some is behind the scenes. So for us, the collection databases are the source of truth. So what we're doing through Unstacked is referencing this information and presenting it in real time and in visual form, um, how people are using their databases, yeah, their collections. So what happens when the databases have new items added or changes are made? Well, the good thing about referencing the library's databases rather than uh, duplicating them is that when more items are digitized and added to the collection or when information about the item changes and is updated, 
these changes are just reflected in Unstacked. So it just it grows organically with um, well as the institution grows. And with Unstacked for the State Libraries of New South Wales and Queensland, you can click on an item to view it in more detail and then to continue your research, you can link from that item straight to their catalogue. So we're always referring people back to the, the online catalogue of the, of the library. So now you, as a, as a person who loves data and collections, uh, you looked at the data and the collections of materials they feature. We talk about databases and materials that are curated by experts, but these materials are being curated every day by students and users. So is this where the idea for Unstacked came from? When we were creating the interpretation of how the underground robotic storage system um, at UTS Library was being used, we thought, well, what better way to do this than in real time? And we had both worked a lot with time-based visualisation of data in the past, and it seemed just a natural conversion to translate this to how humans, the robot, and the storage system were interacting with the books and the objects stored underground. But at that time, only a small percentage of the collection was in that underground system. So there wasn't enough real-time activity to make it engaging. So we did a sped-up replay of past activity and then in, interrupted this when there was um, real-time activity actually detected, meaning when somebody you know, requested a book or it was returned. So this replay view showed the rhythms and well, the rhythms of activity and the real-time feed showed what was happening right there and then under people's feet. Now, this real-time feed was extremely compelling and this is the idea behind Unstacked. It really is cool. And so is that robotic system. I see Rob, Rob mm -hmm. has sent pictures, video of it moving and it's, it's phenomenal. It really is something that's cool. I don't even know if there's something here in the States that's like that. And it has a moat as well around it yes it because does it's underground and we get the water seepage in the sydney sandstone wow that's crazy so tell us about unstacked and what the motivation was behind it because this is really a cool concept that can quite be can be quite entertaining too well Unstacked showcases libraries' collections uh, to the public uh, through an exhibition which is ever-evolving and it's self-sustaining because it's curated in real time by the people who access the collection. So how it works, when someone accesses an item from a library's online catalogue, whether it be a painting, a photograph, a journal or a book, it simply appears in the Unstacked visualisation. So... If, for example, you go to the State Library of Queensland's online catalogue and type up giant cane toad, which is a favourite item of mine, you will see a photograph of a giant cane toad and that will appear in the State Library of Queensland's Unstacked. So then if, Bob, you search for, what would you search for, Bob? Yeah, I don't know what I would search for exactly. What could I search for? I guess I could search for anything, right? Yes, yes, maybe portraits of babies. So could I do, a, could I do astronomy, something with to do with astronomy? Okay, so you search Galaxy. for astronomy, maybe you, you get a list of results, um, and the third one is a photograph of the night sky. Um, that would then appear in Unstacked, and the cane toad would shuffle along, so everything else would shuffle along, and so on and so forth. So it's constantly changing and reflecting what people are um, interested in um, all in real time. 
So we see all sorts of research happening, ranging from what's topical in current events to more unusual searches such as uh, canine psychology. It's really fascinating to see what other people are interested in. So the motivation behind Unstacked was to reveal how people are using library collections and to increase the reach visibility of collections. We want to help libraries meet their strategic objectives of collection exposure and engagement with the community whilst telling their unique story. And if you look at any of the Unstacked rollouts, you'll see that we're showing the actual time in the library because we want to be true to what's happening at the library right now no matter where you are in the world. So that's why it'll be busier if you look at um, an unstacked visualisation for Australia when it's daytime in Australia. So what libraries have you worked with so far? So far we've had the pleasure of working with University of Technology Sydney Library, um, University of New South Wales Library and three of the state libraries uh, being Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. And we're really looking forward to working with more libraries here and uh, hopefully internationally. Can you tell us a bit about how you work with them? Yes, the, the first step is a creative and technical scoping phase um, where we prove technical integration with the library systems and we work with key staff to draw out the story of the library and to personalise Unstacked to them. So all collections are different and it's a real treat to work with um, the rich archival collections of state libraries, but also fascinating to work with the unique context of an academic library. So with the University of New South Wales Library, we were working with a collection of mostly academic journals um, and extremely high usage. They have up to 28,000 uh, views a day and the story that they wanted to tell was the library as the, as the beating heart of the university. The library is a hub of research activity across all disciplines. So in this case um, when someone accesses an item uh, the item flies onto the screen and docks into a larger square which represents the faculty and then that faculty square gets larger. So over the course of the day it becomes like a leaderboard. Uh, we're gamifying library usage to a certain degree and for them it was really important for students to see themselves in the visualization and to feel connected to the library and the university. So these these stories come out by having workshops with the library staff but also um, discussions and testing with students and finding out from them what they'd be interested in seeing. So how cool is it that you're not only showing what searches are yielding in the databases by the users, but also sharing the beauty knowledge uh, and, of course, information through visual visualizations? Um, isn't this a great way for users and those archivists who curate the materials to actually see their work being utilized? Yeah, a rewarding result of installing Unstacked has been the reaction of staff and volunteers. It's really exciting to see the sense of pride and ownership as they can see just how valued and valuable their work is. And we've also had comments from the staff that they're learning a lot about the collection as they see things come up that they didn't realise their library had. And, you know, a really lovely anecdote is from Rachel Ray at SLQ who who found her grandfather in the collection through somebody else's search and she didn't know that he was in there. Yeah. And it's been 
really encouraging to see just how valued libraries have been during the pandemic. So even though the doors may be shut at times, you can see through Unstacked that patrons are still really much, very much engaged with the collections and it's clear that libraries are, are very cherished. So did you, I guess, throughout um, founding this company, have you found anything that was unexpected that you didn't really anticipate have come out of it? Something that was totally unforeseen is how staff play with it. So at UNSW Library, staff has been have been searching for journals with their names in the title and then taking selfies with the visualisation as the title comes across the screen. And at UTS Library, the staff would create book title poetry by accessing items in a particular order. And so it, they would come up sequentially and it would form some kind of narrative. So it's it's really fun to to see how people play with it. It really is cool because there's a certain amount of satisfaction that comes from from seeing this too. And, I, and I'm thinking in terms of you're a professor and you see some of the work that you assigned or, or some of the assignments that are there and you start to see some of the research come across the screen. That, that's, okay, I, I've got to cross to somebody. <laughs> or even just sitting there and watching it, just grabbing a cup of coffee and and just watching this stuff flash across screens because they're in lobbies of the libraries, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yes, yes. They, I think it works in terms of inspiring conversation and um, having them as a public display in um, you know, is really wonderful for that because people will stop and have a look and it will inspire conversation. And, you know, I was at a library and this woman was just staring at the screen and then she just said to me out of the blue I got married there you know speaking to an older couple and they said oh that's where we grew up and they didn't know that the state library had things like that and um and and you know we let them know that they could actually go and look at them in person so they went in um and requested those items so for me seeing the social interaction that comes from people um, being inspired by what other people are looking at is, is really exciting. And inspiration really is a great byproduct of this, I think too. Well, they bring data to life, right? That's so neat. Yeah, yeah. Something that most people would think could think is tiring and, and kind of, you know, monstrous to go through really comes to life when you apply your technology to it. With, with so much of collections that you know, necessarily have to be hidden away because of storage, it's the excitement of wandering through the stacks that I had when I was at the state libraries. You know, it, it allows everybody to wander through the stacks. Even if we've touched on this earlier, it bears repeating. In these days of identity theft and the ability to maybe get information for not so nice purposes, how does Unstat keep the information retrieved as private, protecting the user? looking up the data, and how does it insulate professors who give out assignments? And by that, I mean, how random is the data and materials shown so a group of people in class can't just watch Unstacked and then get the information without doing the work? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Well, we're just using the information that the library already gathers, which is anonymous data. So it's totally unlinked to any individual. If you were to be looking at what students are accessing and you see all the titles come across, well, I think that's just a positive thing because it's like a reading list in a way. And hopefully that inspires other students to start researching along those lines as well. 
So it's more of an inspiration than it is a method to, for lack of a better way to describe it, to cheat on getting the information. Yes, yes, it's um, it's it's look, look, all these people are looking at this right now. I might be inspired to continue that research, or I didn't know that that existed in the library. Oh, I could actually look that up too. It really is such a cool concept. I mean, I I could just imagine, you know, just sitting and watching it and watching the feed and seeing how just how cool it is to see all the data that's being that's being mined, but in a way that's visual and graphic. And you're looking at the the funny part is it's data that's being mined and used, but you don't know that it is because you're seeing just this cool information flash across the screen. Yeah, and it's just it's just revealing what the library has through the lens of the people who use it. So um, you know, it is a framework that's entirely populated by the people who are using it and what's contained in their collections. And it's always different. Humans are different. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, isn't it interesting? Because we always talk about user experience in libraries and we talk about, you know, what are people using the library for? And this kind of just lays it out there where, you know, it kind of takes the guessing away because you can, it's almost like crawling into the side, the mind of the user of the library because you're seeing what they're looking for. So now you could hypothetically take a librarian and assign them weekly to watch Unstacked and see where the most popular thing, what the most popular subjects are, curate that, and then make book displays or figure out some kind of targeted social media project or find another way to reach those people. So now you're engaging more people and bringing more people in or even using Unstacked as the tool to say, hey, did you see what was Unstacked on Unstacked this week? Number four was Laughing Hyenas. Number three was the Hubble Space Telescope. Number two was the death of Eddie Van Halen. And number one was whatever. And you could like have a weekly hit list or something like that. So, and then again, that's another way to engage people who would be potentially using your institution. That's a good point. And at the State Library of Victoria, you know, speaking to their audience engagement, they find it really useful to see exactly what you said, what people are looking at and seeing if that um, can help them with their public programs. Yeah, it's really interesting to see that what comes up in Unstacked will often reflect things that are happening in current events. You know, so when the pandem- pandemic happened, there were you know, a lot of searches around that. It reflects like the pulse of the the, the concerns and the passions of um, of the users of the library. It really is. It, it's like taking the pulse. It really is kind of a, a, a cool thing to see visualized right in front of you. So tell us where we can learn more about Unstacked and which universities, I think you mentioned it earlier, but if you can mention the names of the universities and other organizations that are that have the product and are running the product now. There's a version of it at UTS Library. There's We've recently launched Unstacked, the University of New South Wales Library. It's at State Library of New South Wales, State Library of Queensland and State Library of Victoria. And I think the best place to go would be um, the Unstacked website, which will give you information and links to all of these projects. And that is unstacked.com.au. And I might mention that the name Unstacked comes from wandering through the stacks and making visible things that people are accessing from the physical and digital stacks and, yeah, making those come alive for everybody. It really does make the stacks come alive. And, and 
Unstacked is such a great name because you are literally unstacking all the the information that's in all those books. Also, now being a database, an electronic database, kind of taking it out and and showing the world what's being what's being used. So, thank you for taking the time to speak with us about archiving data and unstacked. The back end of data isn't always the most exciting part of librarianship, but unstacked really shows how data can be used in cool ways. So when we come back, we're going to be asking Lisa our top 10 library questions or the 032 list, which is the Dewey number for top 10 lists. And we're going to, it's going to be a challenge because Lisa doesn't necessarily work in a library, but we're going to give it a shot and have some fun with it. <laughs> and as always, we give thanks to Melanie Cardone from the Longwood Public Library for naming the list of questions that we ask all of our guests. So we'll be right back. We're back with Elisa Lee, who will be our next participant in our 032 list. Questions in our list were inspired by Literary Hub, a source for library news that has stories and interviews related to library land. You can see their work by visiting lithub.com, and they do a great job educating and informing library professionals on great topics from all over the world. Thank you so much, as always, Literary Hub. Okay, so here we go. First question, what did you want to be when you were a child? I love singing. And I wanted to be a pop star. I thought it'd be lots of fun to be a pop star. <laughs> I don't we know have, if we've had that. We've have never we had, had that star? one before. I was yeah. going to say, no, we haven't had that. That's great. So what's your first memory of a library and who brought you to the library for the first time? My first memory of a library would be my parents' library at home. I was small and the bookshelves seemed absolutely huge. And it would have been my mum who took me to the library for the first time. Okay, so when did you decide to work in archiving and data and libraries, and was it your first career path? Obviously, it was probably pop singing, though, right? <laughs> yeah, that was my first career path, um, but I didn't work too hard on that one. Um, it's something that better left as dreams. So I've pretty much always worked with data in some form or another, but it was only after our first fabulous experience of working with um, the wonderful librarians at UTS Library and just having such a great time that I've dedicated myself to that space. I'm very happy there. So who would you say is your favourite fictional librarian? I do like Mrs Phelps from Matilda. She's so insightful and she knew exactly how to inspire Matilda in her reading journey. That, have we that, had that, Chris? That we have had that, and that's oh, oh. typically a UK and Commonwealth thing because mm. we don't have Matilda here. So Matilda seems to be very popular amongst uh, our UK and and Commonwealth guests. So, what would you be doing if you weren't working on this project and working with all this data? Mm, my my projects prior to Library Land were quite varied. So, could have been working with scientists and sharks again or doing more crowdsourced karaoke. It really could have been anything. How did we glance over that you worked with sharks? So we tell, okay, the box, you do with the, sharks? Yeah. The, the box is open. <laughs> tell like, us what, what you did with sharks. 
Right. Well, before libraries, we did a project where we visualised shark tracking data of great white sharks from the CSIRO, the scientific body, and also sharks in the Sydney Harbour. And it was really amazing to work with that particular data. And we visualised the movements of the sharks around Sydney Harbour, for example, also around Australia, but let's concentrate on Sydney Harbour. And they did a study, so Cronulla Fisheries did a study because somebody had their, um, there was a bit of a shark incident and they wanted to discover what is going on in our waters in Sydney. So they did a study and they found out what type of sharks were in the harbour, where they went, you know, what their habits were. And yeah, our task was to present this scientific data in a way that was entertaining but really educational and informative to the general public and that was shown at the Sydney Aquarium. So could we be talking to the person or one of the people that did this initially because that's something that's done here in the States tracking um, mostly great white sharks from Long Island to Nantucket all the way up to Maine and Nova Scotia going all the way down to Florida and they've been tagging and tracking sharks sometimes in real time um, for a couple of years now, right, Bob? Elisa was in the forefront of that. It was it was amazing to work with the scientists because, as you can imagine, you know, they have scientific reports, they have all the data, and then just watching this data, you know, visualizing it on top of the map and seeing as a factor of real time because we replayed their their um, their tracks um, as a sped up uh, journey. You could see how quick they were. And there was this one great white shark that just was traveling down the East Coast and then just shot off to New Zealand for a feeding event. And it's the scientists who, it's really like data is wonderful, but you need to work with the right people to interpret that data. Now, I'm not a scientist. We work with the scientists to pull out that story. So it's always a collaborative process. And you know, that's something I love about working with libraries is working with the librarians um, from all different levels, um, executive to curators to front of house um, to, and of course, the IT department to really understand the library and what it is that we're working with. And what's cool too is this, this is, uh, I know we're kind of backtracking a little bit, but the use of data that you're using for your purposes isn't manipulation of data. It's purely a display of the data. And I think, I think I really need to make that clear that you're not manipulating the data in any way, shape or form. It's literally just, kind of, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's almost spitballing against the wall and there it is, boom. And that's the most fascinating thing because it's showing the flow of of information. Yes, we're being true to the data that's being generated, um, but where there is an element of storytelling and that's where we work out, you know, what is the story of the library uh, that we want to tell? And that's where the personalization comes in because you work out, yeah, what, what's, what's important for the library um, to show. And in the case of the University of New South Wales, they wanted to show um, uh, activity on an individual level but also on a discipline level or a faculty level. Uh, that's, that's their story. And it was important for students to be able to see themselves in there. So we had different narratives going on 
for a state library, the personalization might be different. They might want to highlight things um, that come, you know, that are from a particular collection, like index records or you know, whatever it may be. That's it's a really exciting part of the creative process is working with the libraries um, to draw out the story of their institution. It's very cool. Such a new thing. I can't wait to tell Rebecca. Rebecca's my 15-year-old daughter. She's obsessed with sharks right now. So I can't wait to tell her that um, our guest worked with sharks before this. She'll like it. So, uh, Lisa, what would you say is your favorite section of the library? Definitely the stacks. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Were you expecting that, Chris? I wasn't expecting No, I wasn't that. expecting that. That's a good that one. That was pretty good. And that's the first for us, too. Yeah, it's good. They're just amazing, especially in the state libraries. Oh, yeah. So you can get lost in them. There's, there's so much information there, right? So if you had infinite space and budget, what would you add to databases other than Unstacked, of course? More stories about the items gathered from curators and personal anecdotes from the public. So, for example, with that photograph that that lady was looking at when she said, I got married there. You know, I'd love to be able to look at an item in a collection. Yeah, hear those stories. And, um, you know, the curators have got such interesting things to say about their collection. So um, I think I would add that. So what do you absolutely love about libraries? When I walk into a library, I generally feel a sense of calm. I just find them wonderful places to hang out and you know, made to feel really welcome just to be there. We're going to second that because we, that's what we're always striving for in, in facilities management and just, just in being a public facing employee. That's something that you always want is for someone to feel like they're almost in their own living room. Comfortable and inviting, right, Chris? Absolutely. So what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened in your career? So let me preface this by saying this is a question we usually ask librarians. Because we've all, if you're, especially if you're on the floor, public facing, everybody has that story of dealing with the public. So in adapting this question for you, we're just saying, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened in your career? I guess with regard to data or sharks or. I was going to say, it could involve a shark. You <laughs> I never was going to say, I think she's almost answered that question with working with shark data. But let's, let's see what she has to say. Well, along that theme, after we did that, visualization of the shark tracking data a lady contacted us to see if it would be safe to walk her dog and for her dog to play on a particular beach in sydney as if we were the, <laughs> the shark danger hotline and uh, we just let her know that what the scientists said which is that you're more likely to die from a bee sting than a shark attack and either way you should be fine if you don't swim at dawn or dusk or when the water is murky <laughs> she's really not helping my phobia of sharks here right now in the oh, morning in the evening when the shark when the, or maybe in the middle of the day or maybe when the water's clear or maybe when the water's murky or maybe when the water's yeah. wet the take-home message of that whole project is that um while there might be a lot of sharks there's you're very safe there's very very few incidents and um there's yeah, the scientists wanted people to know that the danger times, if there are any, are at dawn or dusk <laughs> when the water is murky. So um, I don't want to be worried at all. <laughs> Which around here, Chris, is all the time. It's all the time. <laughs> it's good and pea green. Yep. That's it. 
with foam, usually with foam. With foam, yeah. lots of foam, yeah. So, Elisa, did you have a favorite? I guess for you, it would be a regular client, maybe? Regular client of yours? I'm going to have to say all libraries. I love what libraries provide, what they do, and I love meeting the people who work in them. That's a good answer. It's a very good answer. So, our final question. What are people without library cards missing out on since you have this connection to the libraries? Well, here you don't need a library card to access a public library, but you need one to borrow. So I just think, you know, with a library card, how amazing to be able to take what you found home with you. So let's do some plugs. Uh, We've said it before, unstacked.com.au to see what Unstacked is doing. And we are going to put all kinds of interesting things in the show description notes regarding Unstacked and ways that people can see it in real life. Um, and um, hopefully if you are interested in having Unstacked in, at your facility, whether it be a public library, an academic library, or a special library, or any library, you can reach out. There is a contact us section in unstacked.com.au, correct? Correct. We'd love to hear from you. That would be great. And you're more than willing to work with libraries here in the States, right? Absolutely. It'd be a real privilege. And we also have listenerships in in Europe and in Asia. So if anyone wants to reach out, please feel free. You don't just have to be in Australia or North America. So give her an email and uh, see if Unstacked could work for your university or facility. So Lisa Lee, you've been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. Thank you very much. It's been a a real delight. We have come to the end of another episode of The Library Pros, and we thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments on this or any episode, click on the Contact Us form on our website, thelibrarypros.com. Visit us on Twitter at The Library Pros and on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelibrarypros. Don't forget to tell a friend or colleague and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Special thanks to our podcasting engineer, Dean Meyer. Remember, the opinions stated by the library pros and their guests are solely those of Chris and Bob and are not those of the Sachem Public Library, the MS Clark Memorial Library, or any other library. See you next time. You've been listening to the Library Pros Podcast. The Library Pros are brought to you by Pippet Productions and by the Library Pros themselves. Krista Christofaro and Bob Johnson. Special thanks to Sachin Public Library for providing space for this podcast. Until the next turn of the page, I'm your announcer, Carlton Welch.